2: Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Taylor Horton, McBasketball. Tim, how are you doing today, my guy? We are talking all things THT on this pod.
3: I'm doing well. Hopefully take two is better than take one. Take one lasted about 45 seconds before <laughs> uh, I was alerted that a refrigerator was being delivered to the new home that we just purchased. So I, I had to go run the whole time as they were like putting it in the wall. I was just like thinking about THT and i'm i'm excited for this pod dude he's i'm so glad he's back like there's so many things we've been like down and and annoyed by but uh, tht has given me life in some of these past few games so i'm i'm pumped to see him and he's made like strides in areas that like i don't know if they're legit or not because it's been you know such a little time but he's 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 taking and making some superstar shots and i love it
2: yeah, it's great to see. Um, very excited and crazy. This dude is barely turning 21 here in a couple of days. So he's the sky's the limit. It seems like um, it's he's always looked a lot more poised for someone of his age uh, playing basketball. A lot of times guys that age are playing too fast. He's very good at like slow and and speeding up and accelerating and Not only, you know, physically, but uh, mentally as well. Manipulating Mm -hmm. defenses, give a little look one way and then hard dribble to the other. You know, lots of little really great high high end basketball moves that are go beyond age Um, and that I'm sure that bag will get even deeper. But right now, it's the most promising thing to him is the jump shot. I think we got to start with that. Right. Because. For two off seasons now, we've been talking about the jump shooting for him and uh, kind yeah. of unlocking the rest of his game because of how adept he is at getting to the rim and finishing over contact and crazy angles. But to me, the thing that stands out is the jump shooting. Do you disagree?
3: I Well, you said the most promising thing, and I want to I want to give you a chance to reword. I think the most surprising, you know, the biggest development has been the jump. Well,
2: shooting. I, I said what I said. I'll make my okay. case. You All go right. ahead. Because cause he
3: is, I mean, he came into the league and has been an elite guy at getting to the rim, finishing at the rim. When we look through our data, like nobody his age or younger that was a guard or, or wing was as good as he was at getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. If you include everybody, it's like him and Zion. <laughs> like he's just doing <laughs> some crazy stuff in that regard. And we're seeing that continue this year. And, and we can talk a, a bit about that. But like you're saying, the jump shooting has seen a good bit of a jump. Uh, not just with his three-point shot where he went from fifth percentile three-point shot making on, like, 70th percentile shot quality, so just, like, massively underperforming shots. He's, he's like, not just hitting corner threes. He's not over there, like, just taking these, like, Kent more threes where it's, like, you're being spoon-fed. He's, like, some of these, Tom, he's, like, taking these sidestep, off-the-dribble, contested, like, superstar threes. And I, you know, mm-hmm. th- this is the first we're seeing of it. So I think I at least for me, I'm like, no, 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 yes. Like as soon as it goes in, because it's like, I don't <laughs> I don't know that I want you taking that shot. I don't know if I believe you yet. But if if he believes in himself and, and he's been putting that work in and that's a true like development area for his game, that is that is fantastic for him. And and I tweeted this out I think yesterday, like if he's able to be shooting like 40% on threes on like almost seven attempts a game. It completely changes the way I view him as a prospect. Like I, I was already really in on him, but this like this this is huge. I don't know that I don't think he's gonna continue shooting forty percent, but the the mid range pull ups and the three point shots, if that's legit, he is like truly like we are seeing all of the pieces fall into place for him to be a superstar type guy in a couple of years.
2: Yeah. It's it's but let's put it into context here and I wanna throw this out there, not as the wet blanket, but it's eighteen three's we've talked yeah, about so yeah, far this absolutely. season. He's 7 for 18. It's so it's so so small. But it's how it looks to me is why I said it's promising because I just watched all of his three-point attempts and it looks a lot like it was last year. Um his his I mean not his form but some of the diet of shots a mm-hmm. little bit off the dribble, a little bit catch and shoot. So he's shooting well on all of them. So he's 7 yep. for 18 overall. Um but when he's catching and shooting, he's 5 for 11. You know what I mean? So it's he the step backs he's hitting, the it's not to also it's also to me how he's missing. When you watch most of good shooters will generally only miss short and long. Well it's dependent. <laughs>
3: Do you remember talking about this about Lonzo ball on our like very first podcast together? I think it was, or one of the first ones we were at summer league
2: Uh, and they're left, they're right they're You know what I mean? And it's one thing to be a movement shooter. And you know, sometimes your movement will carry you and it goes far, right? Like a JJ Reddick or Steph. like they'll miss Mm -hmm. some shots like that sometimes where they just weren't as square as they thought they were, you know, but they're generally just great at body control and getting that shot angle straight. So where it's it's just the the distance that you have to nail down and yep. I, of the you know, so he's missed nine shots from three. I counted three of them were left or right. Uh, and only really one of them was real, real bad, like a brick where I feel like a lot of times, most of the time when he'd missed some of those step backs, it was a brick miss. It wasn't just short, long. Some of these I'm seeing now are, are, are a lot closer to going in. It's just the distance was a little bit off or it was, a sh- you know, end of the shot clock situation was one of them where he pulled up. He's pulling up from like 30 on some of these jumpers too. Yeah. He's taken some deep threes. These aren't only, like you said, corner threes, Tim.
3: Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily the percentage or the volume that has me convinced and, and we'll, I mean, the the rate of threes he's taking per game is really impressive. He's had quite a jump there. So that, to me, is noteworthy. But big picture, the sample's small. What really stands out to me is the fact that, like, his footwork is clean. Mm -hmm. And he's very clearly practiced and gotten a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of reps in pump fake, sidestep, I'm now behind the three-point line, and I'm going to take this with my momentum going left. And it, it's under control. The footwork is exactly how the footwork should look. Like That is practiced. That is him going into the season, putting that work in, and expecting to be taking these shots. It's not, it, it's not an accident. So whether or not the percentage on those ends up being there remains to be seen bigger picture, but he's training himself, and in, in the Lakers are comfortable, it appears, utilizing him in ways that allow him to take these higher caliber player types of shots. And as long as they feel good about it and they're the ones seeing him at practice every day, that gives me some confidence. It's, it's not, it would be a whole different thing if he had maybe even a higher percentage, but they were all just like catch and shoot corner threes or open corner threes or something like that. So just the, the way the the film looks, and we see this in the data as well, in terms of how he's getting his shots, it's a different diet and it's an encouraging diet from a, you know, tantalizing perspe- uh prospect kind of way, not necessarily a like, I feel great about, you know, he's gonna be able to shoot forty percent on these kinds of threes.
2: Um, I really like the shot profile he's putting together right now, Tim. Um so for context, last year he got fifty three percent of his shots at the rim, um, which is ninety-ninth percentile. That's that's crazy, right? He's getting to the rim consistently with all his wild finishes and and shooting well, right, efficiently. Um and only 25% of his shots were from 3. This season, he's bumped that up to 32%. While the rim uh percent of shot attempts is still close, it's at 48%. So still about half the time he's getting to the rim, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what you want from his skill set. That is his bread and butter, get to the free throw line, you know, draw more efficient plays. His uh effective field goal percentage is up 6% from last year. Um and obviously that's helped the threes are helping that right now so yeah six attempts a game um but the shot diet he's he's taking a little like around the same mid-rangers which i still think he could cut down personally and add a little bit more getting to the rim but that allows you other places on the court if you keep them honest and you can pull up from 12 and make that drop coverage you know Not not as an ideal coverage against him because people are still going under screens and he's pulling up on some of these threes and he's draining them. And that's the next level, the next evolution to his game.
3: Right. Yeah, that is is one big piece of it, being able to hit the mid range jumpers. But then also the pull up threes against that drop coverage is a big piece of it. And like just looking at the numbers, he's in the 90, 97th percentile this year in threes per game. That's like, like three's made per game. He's right between Lamelo Ball and Jason Tatum. Like, what? Damn. What? Taylen Horton Tucker? This is we're talking. This is who we're talking about. Like, right? This is such a jump. So, don't know if it'll continue, but he's going through the right progression. I think of that shot diet, and like I'm comfortable with the mid range ones he is taking because. Of just the percentage it makes up of the total is a a healthy percent.
2: 20%. And for him to get who
3: he needs to be, yeah, and for him to be who we'd love for him to be and who this team needs him to be, honestly, he's going to have to be able to hit some of those because those are, you know, there will be times, especially with LeBron still out, where Russ and AD are sitting, and you got to have THT in there as someone who can get his own shot. And if he can't get all the way to the rim, we need him to be able to hit some of those mid-range shots because right now... I think the playmaking is the one other piece that still kind of needs to fall in, into place. Yeah. He's okay there. It's it's promising. He's missing some reads and he's he doesn't have the kind of vision that that other, I guess, true playmakers have. So still an area he's adding to his game. I think that and then the pull-up three-point shooting against like drop coverage and ball screens in the in the mid-range pull-ups. Those are some of the like if two of those fall into place this year like we're going to go into next season expecting like superstar breakout kind of stuff cuz he's he's already really really impressive
2: Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, his shot diet will change when LeBron comes in Um, probably more catch and shoot threes. So hopefully that helps bolster his percentage because those have looked good. He's made corner threes. He's made above the break threes, long threes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the shot form does look compacted. It looks tight and quick and consistent, which is what you want from a shot form. Um, Other stuff that's (laughs) like kind of hilarious. I got to look this up specifically I guess maybe technically in some of these lineups, Bazemore was the four, but THT is just like playing four and like, you know, getting switched onto Giannis and bodying up. And he gave up that, you know, turnaround and one. But he he bodied Giannis twice, like didn't let him get to the like real paint, and then made him take like a free throw line jump hook, which is like, I'll take that compared to him dunking on us all night you know yes he get he made it and he got the foul but THT is the physicality I like him switching on the body be Portis and I don't know I think he, there was a couple of possessions against DeJounte Murray I was watching his defensive film kind of got blown by so a certain level of speed and quickness first step is tough for him and pick and roll I guess we're switching to defense now sorry he his going over the screens is a little bit slower. It's a little like the angle's not perfect. He's not right in a guy's shirt. So it, you can't play DeAndre with him because that that's just going to be open all day. Um, I saw in a couple of possessions, but I'm kind of leaning to THT Wingstopper. Like this is where I want him um, for this roster, at least right now.
3: It's an interesting question because his skill set defensively is is one that like can make a lot of sense in different areas and it's more i think this year about what the team needs like you mentioned like he is like a tree trunk of a of a a (laughs) dude like so hard to move and he is such a unique combination of like like there are other guys like like a pj tucker you know you run into him he's not the biggest guy but he you know he's got some physicality to him but he doesn't have the length tht does tht he he you know he can take that hit you're going to rise, and a lot of times when you are taking those kinds of hits and holding your ground, as the defensive player, it's hard to then you know transfer your momentum to jumping and contesting, but he's long enough that he's able to still kind of be a little bit better at that than we might generally expect. And looking to some of his other areas of defense, uh, using some of our b-ball index stats, we just released some new perimeter defensive metrics. His on-ball defense past two years, 91st percentile, 81st percentile, um, last season his ball handler screen defense was in the 85th percentile and his chaser defense was in the 73rd percentile. We knew his rotating wasn't all that good, but when he's involved in the actions, he's pretty disruptive and and for all the times that like maybe he struggles at times to like you know maintain contact and be right in a guy's pocket, um he's so long and he's able to recover yeah. so well and I think that helps him just overcome the fact that he is, you know, it is kind of hard to maneuver some of these things when he's more of like a wing kind of body of of a person. So I love what I'm seeing from him. He reminds me of, uh, I'm I'm a Colts fan, and uh, we have a linebacker on our team, Darius Leonard, who is just the best in the league at punching balls out. He's always, you see him every play, he's just running in with with closed fists, (laughs) punching for balls and getting fumbles. And he leads the league in fumbles. Uh, fumbles forced and that's a very purposeful thing and his hands are just like rock hard he's just he for whatever reason he's really good at this and THT just has these huge like such good hands where just from a deflection standpoint from an on ball pick your pocket standpoint he's so effective when he is disruptive that I want him on ball I want him in in these wing stopper positions I want him in those point of attack positions so it's I, he can struggle with speed at times, but he's so good at recovering that if there is any sort of backline help, I feel pretty good about that big picture. So he's someone that I, I, I can see the Lakers using him in a lot of different ways. And it'll be more about who's healthy and, and what role do we need you to play now? And what does the other team's personnel look like? Because I think he is a, a multifaceted, versatile defender from a, a defensive role standpoint.
2: Yeah, no, I'm 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 more pointing out small things that I think can be improved and tweaked. He's still mm-hmm. sometimes a beat slow on off ball rotations, but you see yep. him sprinting out and closing out hard without really fouling too much. I thought that Middleton fouls was, was whack last night. Um mm-hmm. or the other night against Milwaukee. I don't remember what day it is. What day is it? Um
3: it is but, Friday.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh he he's I I like there was a good rotation in in that game as well as the low man kind of tagging on Giannis and he kind of caused like a tough, you know, kick out and and rotation behind him was good. And there's some good, good defensive possessions in that Milwaukee game where, yeah, he um, would get switched onto Portis and then Dwight was out on an island like in the corner, you know, on on ball, on a guard. And he sprinted, you know, to to give Dwight some some release to go back and switch back to some good you know active stuff the thing with THT on defense that I think was frustrating was that he's always reactive instead of getting you know a step away from a step like to to the rotation you know mm-hmm. he would wait and just kind of sit and ball watch he's moving his head back and forth he's watching the ball he knows he has to pay attention to his guy so he doesn't get back cut and you know And but also know where the ball is and he's still he's gotten better, but there's still room to grow. But there is improvement. I'm seeing less space cadet moments. I only really caught one defensive possession rewatching the film where he just freelanced and, you know, got to Drew Holiday in the dunker spot was his guy. You know, after he thought he'd clear out to the corner, he just sat at the dunker spot and THT went to go like double and, and gamble for a steal, It gets to Drew Holiday in the dunker spot, kicks it out to Connaughton for a three. And that was all because THT just like thought Drew Holiday would go to the corner and instead he just sat and and lost him, you know.
3: Yeah, I, I expect the rotations to be a challenge. Um I haven't gone through and logged the defensive film in the way I have for other games where I'm literally looking at like what are you know what what is his success rate on executing different types of coverages and and different uh, sorts of rotations. But that'll be something to take and take a look at another part of his defensive game that has stood out so far just from like a box score standpoint is he's grabbing a bunch of boards too and that's been really helpful. Uh, Part of that is probably due to the fact that he is playing like the de facto power forward in some of these lineups. But the degree to which he's crashing is good. Uh, Last season, his like conversion talent, his his conversion skill and defensive rebounding talent percentiles were not very good. These are more new basketball index advanced stats that we've put out. He was 107th among 215 guards. So he was about average average. he, we need him to be a little bit better than that, given who's available. If he is playing up, he's got to really play physical. And we see when he is locking in and he's aware and he's like boxing out Giannis or things like that, like he can do a really good job. So just I think from an activity standpoint, we need to see some more from him. And as LeBron does come back, I'm interested to see, like you said, how his offensive, uh just his what he, what he's taking from a shot selection standpoint, how that changes. But then defensively, if he can need to do less on offense, can Just we see him really that. lock into yep. some of these things? Can yep. he really be the wing spend stopper. that stamina guard? Yeah, like go be the wing stopper, go be disruptive, yep. go you know Darius Leonard in for some deflections and, and force some fumbles and close possessions because you've got some undersized guys. This is a team that's playing smaller, and when you're playing smaller, you need to have guys at each position that for their role are being physical and, and being big, playing big, even if you yourself are not big, and he's someone that if he is playing the three or the two, I want to see him really, you know, assert himself physically on that matchup from a rebounding standpoint and and just have the IQ from a defensive rotating standpoint. But on ball, I think he can provide a lot of value to this team, especially because I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with Avery Bradley. If this team ends up... Did you see uh, Stanley Johnson is now mm-hmm. with the G League affiliate? If someone were to be cut, I, I think Bradley. I don't think that they can really cut DeAndre unless they're replacing him with another big. Like I don't think they want to go down to like one true center. So among everybody else, if THT can kind of do some of the Avery Bradley things, you get Bradley out of there and then you bring in a Stan Johnson who is a good defender, um and is a versatile defender and can you know catch and shoot some corner open threes. That, you know, in two moves, I think you can see this defense getting a bit more interesting and we can see THT be a, a swing skill guy in a lot of different areas, depending on what this roster ends up looking like.
2: Yeah, I mean, we still got some more time on, on Ariza as well, but, mm-hmm. you know, tell me a, a Russ, THT, Ariza, LeBron, AD lineup doesn't sound like a bit of a nightmare defensively. Yeah, um, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and hopefully there's the the spacing there with uh with the and, and THT able to to shoot de- decent enough around Russ. Um but yeah, it's it it's happening the AD at 5 stuff, I mean kind of out of necessity. He is playing more 5, which is what we want. So hopefully that's a good precursor to getting some of these, you know, in the middle of the lineup guys back and man, I another th- aspect of THT that's really exciting is um is the transition stuff, the fast break, the streaking alongside a very powerful rim running Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, THT, where well, you have multiple guys on multiple wings, you know, when you get the ball into the middle and they've got a little bit of a head of steam and there's no way you can close off some of these angles to mm-hmm. not give up a wide open layup as long as they can get rebounds, get stops, um, hit ahead you know streak in the corner layup that's this you can see it with tht streaking and russell westbrook finding him and tht just having a lane to use all his crazy angles and it looks so easy for him um but yeah that's what i i think that energy bar can maybe be focused a little bit more on defense and uh and streaking up for for easy buckets spotting up and half court And, and cutting, too. Hopefully, cutting, too. Yeah. yeah. Movement, setting screens. He set a nice, I think, like, little split cut with Carmelo and a couple of those and, you know, did a pick and roll with Melo, a little ghost screen action as well. And those mm-hmm. actions should all be really good if THD can hit that pull up.
3: Yeah. He's got to make the right reads. The, if if the ghost guy is open, got to hit them. And, and, you know, that playmaking will hopefully continue to grow. But he, I love him in a lot of options. I love him in a lot of actions, concepts, different lineups. As a guy on ball, trying to get him downhill in the half court, you can do a whole lot and you can copy and paste a lot of how you want to be using Russ to how you want to use THT in, mm. in those ways. And that I think in a way can provide some continuity lineup to lineup. If we do see THT playing more with the bench though, if he's going to continue shooting the way he's shooting and playing the way he's playing, he's going to play a lot. And I, he might even start. So I I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. And he's an interesting guy where Offensively, like it's almost like what we wanted Kuzma to be, but mm. not like a big man version of that. Where like with the starting group, you know, space the floor and cut. With with the bench group, like you need to score a bit more and, and be more on ball. And he's better fit to do that than than Kuz was in the past. Um, but the cutting, I'm gonna call it the cutting because as we've seen in previous games, the Lakers didn't have much of a game plan to attack uh Milwaukee sending extra help against 80 in the post. It wasn't quite the hard double Chicago was sending. It was more, uh, you can call it different things, but they were really like playing the corners where they had his guy defending AD, or AD's guy defending AD at like the mid post. And then you had two defenders at the elbows and two defenders at the blocks. There was, you know, they were making a box and then the one guy on him. And the Lakers were mostly just standing around, but THT was the one guy who was really, really active about kind of cutting You know, standing at the elbow and either setting a flare for somebody or then cutting through the lane and catching and finishing at the rim or catching defense collapse and then you kick it out. So that sort of awareness and his size and length and frame, I think, is really helpful as as an off ball player. And I'm excited to see how that looks with with LeBron once he's back.
2: Well, and. You know, they're putting lineups around him now where in the past he had to be a playmaker because mm-hmm. of who the Lakers had on their roster. Now you're putting him around Russ, putting him around LeBron, even like a Rondo, right? There is he doesn't need to do that. So and I was just looking, you know, at his cuts last year per synergy, eleven possessions, eight points. Not a lot there. Ooh. Uh not it this just is wasn't Ron- happening. Uh, Rondo? No, Ooh. no, this is THT.
3: Interesting. Oh wow, that's that's
2: very low. Hmm. Um so you know he—that's not how he—he he was asked to be last year. He was the bench scorer for that team in a lot of nights, you know, with LeBron out and and just expected to carry a more, you know, focused on like primary focus offensive role. Um, and I think that they're in a position to, yeah, allow. That was the thing that was frustrating with Kuzma's. It was so inconsistent. <laughs> the ability to just get my shots. This is the yep. shot I like. And I want to get this to oh, it's really here tonight. And they're dropping. Let's keep doing that. Being in tune with where the game's going and mm-hmm. how you're performing and what the defense is giving you. He never seemed to tap into that on a regular basis. And I think Tht's just already finding what's there and exploiting it over and over. And now, yeah, now that he's getting more advantages with the jump shot, that's it's really exciting, man. I'm, I'm bullish on him. Um, but we could, you know, everyone's, I'm seeing THT or Caruso on Twitter and I'm like, ah, come on, but it doesn't have to be either or, but yeah, it doesn't have to
3: be either or you can, you know, if people would have bought more of Jeannie's vodka or whatever she's selling, <laughs> you know, if, if the, uh, the, the arena change and the, you know, endorsements that we saw come in now would have come in a year ago, is Caruso still here? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't want to look at it as a one guy versus the other thing. No, I don't think that's, I, that's why and, I
2: just wanted to say it's kind of a a yeah. a shitty way of of framing it because it's it's like, well, I'd rather have so and so. It's like it's not how it works. I would love to have Alex Crusoe on this team. Uh, I think him and THT it is a one-two is a nasty backcourt um, for a lot of different teams. It gives you some athleticism there, which mm-hmm. you know the Lakers will be lacking. I'm still concerned too about a little bit. And we haven't seen none yet, but the point of attack, the dames, the, uh, you know, I think THT can, can do well on Donovan Mitchell, you know, just looking at, at potential like, uh, playoff matchups and dame and like, Oh, I don't love that matchup. Uh, Chris Paul, Westbrook having to check Chris Paul and pick and rolls over and over. That's Mm going to be hard to watch. Steph Curry, you know what I mean? Um, might have to play Bradley in that one. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the
3: thing about THT in a Sun series is we saw last year their offense fell apart once Milwaukee started switching actions. And if you got THT on Chris Paul and then you start switching things, THT guarding Cam Johnson or guarding Jay Crowder or guarding Frank Kaminsky or Sharich or, or DeAndre Ayton, that's probably the best case scenario from a mismatch standpoint as you can get if you're the Lakers. So that starting him there, being disruptive with those long arms, playing passing lanes, being disruptive on ball and not letting Chris Paul just faci- be the efficient facilitator he can be if you just give him time and space. And then if there is any action, switching that and, and not having you know, Avery Bradley on DeAndre Ayton or something like that. I, I don't, we can, I don't know if we'll get to a series with them again. I would love to, um, (laughs) they've been destroying worlds offensively. I was looking at their, their data yesterday. They're, they're much better than the results have shown so far. They're going to, they're going to be really good offensively. They just have a death star over there, but I am, I think THT could play a, a really key piece of that series. And I like how, how much you're thinking ahead already of, you know, how does his defense fit in versus some of these other teams? Why don't, we, why don't we take a quick break, and then when we get back, I would love to talk a little bit through how we're seeing defenses play him and how that piece of it can really change how he fits with that starting group versus the bench unit.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Alright, welcome back. Something that stood out to me, and this wasn't just a THT specific thing, but uh we saw a lot of Milwaukee, really Drew Holiday specifically. And he he I mean he didn't guard THT all that much. He guarded primarily Russell Westbrook, and then he guarded Rondo, it was his second assignment, and then THT was his third assignment for like less than two minutes. All three of those guys. Drew Holiday was taking, you know, he was like, I don't have to guard them. I'm going to go roam. Whenever they were off ball, he was stunting so hard, so, so much further than like a normal health defensive rotation to go disrupt other players. And THT was hitting those shots. Rondo was hitting threes. Russ was hitting threes. Those three guys together went seven for 14 in that game. And I love the percentage. I don't know that the percentage is going to stay that high, but the volume was as high as it was for a reason. And that was because not just, you know, in the Lakers, you know there were plenty of other threes they got that weren't because of this, but a lot of those threes were the defense doesn't respect your shot. And I'm anticipating we're going to see THT, from a catch-and-shoot standpoint, get some of these high-quality threes. If he's able to consistently knock those down and change the way defenses play him, and he was primarily guarded by uh, Middleton was his top assignment, and Coniston was the second guy guarding him. If he can, you know, have more off ball gravity, I think that really helps open up what can be happening for other players. Because even if he's a great cutter, if he, you know, if his man's not sticking with him and he's disrupting Russ, he's disrupting AD, he's disrupting LeBron, that lowers the impact of what THT is bringing to the table with that starting group. So I'm hoping by the time, well, I, I mean, I'm hoping as soon as possible, he just continues to keep hitting threes at a high volume, at a high percentage. And the fact that he's shooting six or almost seven a game is so different from him shooting two or three a game in terms of that gravity. So if you can keep the percentage respectable, like 35, 36% at least, and what he shoot last year, 28%, it was something really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can keep it okay to good and be converting well on on high quality shots, I think that really changes the way you're able to play him with the starting group. Because otherwise, if you're picking somebody to help off of, I'm going to help off of THT to go send some help at LeBron or AD or Russ. And and I mean, same thing with Russ to an extent. So you want to keep the non-shooters or guys the defense is treating as non-shooters limited within lineups. And by playing small, you take a non-shooting big out of there. But if you insert THT, him and Russ, that's an interesting combo. I'm I, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out just given how they've been up and down as three-point shooters and how – You know, playing with another guy like that might effectively present the same spacing challenges as playing with a traditional center. So not to say that will happen, but that to me really will dictate how much I'm willing to throw him in that starting group versus off the bench. You can put him on ball a bunch and get the most of him, uh, you know, on ball as an attacker and not have to worry about him trying to be too high in the pecking order among the superstars and also not having to worry about him being sagged off of and that disrupting that, like, key starting group that's going to play a bunch of minutes. What, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, yeah, it's it's he's still getting sagged off of for the current moment right because it hasn't adjusted three games isn't long enough he's still being treated as a non-shooter as of right now and you see when anthony davis kicks out it's not always straight to him it has to go to like rust and then a swing and he's making some of these shots even though they're kind of contested or more Mm -hmm. contested it's because that guy who's kind of sagging off russ even more to give the other guy attention because they'll let russ take those um but it's really helpful to have someone if THT is going to shoot let's say, oh, so last year he was you know oh like, 25.7% yeah,
3: oh my god 25
2: yeah 25.7 i thought was, it was 28
3: and that's awful he was
2: he was, he was 29 Christ. for 113 um so if he's okay you, I need right a minute. now he's going he's he's shooting 39 percent right now right so let's split the difference and say that's his let's say he's a 33 percent three-point shooter um that's as far as bad. it's it's enough to maybe get some closeouts and keep some advantages on occasion but not you know it's he needs to be like 36 37 38 percent shooting these threes to provide that extra space to not you know, make it as easy to double Anthony Davis in a, you know, non-shooting Lakers lineup with, you know, I don't know, Bradley out there and uh, THT and Russ, that's not going to be tenable. You know, Mm -hmm. if Ariza comes back and he's shooting 30%, that's not going to be tenable. So he still needs some spacing around him. Even like just assuming this hot start, it comes back to earth a little bit and he's improved and both are true.
3: Yeah, I, I would say so. I Who he's playing with will matter. Areza, Bradley, Aismore, these are all guys that are more converting off of really high quality more than they are like really good three-point shooters. Ellington, Monk, Nunn, those are guys that are like good three-point shooters. And how many of those like – and it happens to be a lot of the defenders on this team because for these men guys, it's like one or the other – it, it, THT plus, you know, Bazemore and Bradley or w- Ariza and Bradley plus the Stars, any any of those combos present spacing challenges that, it, it I don't know, a month from now, how we're talking about this, you know, stretch of games, whether it was a blip or, you know, the sign of a, a three-point shooting breakout is really going to change what this Lakers team can look like. Because if THT has that shot, he's He might be you know getting closer and closer to that star start territory now, and you can throw him out there for tons and tons of minutes every single game and have him really destroying things on both ends of the court.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's it's all been promising. I I hope we've given enough context, but also have explained how exciting we are to see him, you know, and he's crazy fun to watch, man, see how he gets the ball up on the rim. Like he takes one step, basically. He's not I'm not saying he's Giannis, like one step from the three, but he's Mm -hmm. almost there where he's like a little bit inside the three. He can take one step get his shoulder past you to just extend that leg up then put that huge tree limb and just like spin it into the basket it's amazing
3: yeah he has such a mix of like quick like quick twitch first move plus the length like you're talking about to like if he gets an advantage he will exploit it because he will be like if he if he beats his on ball guy you're not recovering because he's is just able to get to the rim so well and he's going to get by you because of that length. And then the physicality and the balance, I think, is like the second part of mm-hmm. – like once he's at the rim, those two skills are really what matters for him. And a lot of times we think of athleticism as like how high do you jump, how fast do you run. His physicality and balance where once he gets to the rim, he's able to make contact under control. And like we saw a play like this with uh, Middleton in this in this most recent game where – He actually rejected a ball screen and Middleton was there. Like it wasn't the right like read. Um, But he you see two of these bodies just like intertwined retreating towards the rim as as is attacking Middleton's retreating. And then all of a sudden Tht just like stops on a dime. But Middleton just keeps going. And it wasn't this huge elbow push off. It was just that he's able to take all that force and all that momentum and just stop it instantly. And. You know, sometimes he's going to get good shots at the room because you're behind him. This was the time he got a good shot at the room because you're in front of him falling to the ground under the basket. And there was no foul. And just that combination of those skills, to me, I think is really important for him because he won't be able to blow by everybody, especially smaller, quicker defenders. But the combination of his his power and, and that balance and the, some of this craft – I think is really important. And then once you do get to the rim and there's help defense, that's where the craft comes in. That's where it's like, can you adjust in air? And he has, can you, you know, he's able to like stay in the air for so long and get the ball into the, the hoop at so many different like angles. And I think the fact that he, for so much of his career, and even kind of now was a like one armed finisher, Mm -hmm. a one handed finisher required him to have such polish and such good footwork to get to, how he can, you know, finish with that one hand instead of the other. So he has that now plus some better finishing with the other hand because he had so much time during the offseason to work on it plus hurting his his dominant hand recently has forced him to get more and more reps with that offhand in a way that you just otherwise don't. So it's a unique circumstance for a guy with a unique physicality and skill set that is just so tantalizing. And, like, this guy can't even drink. Like, he's, he's he's not even 21. Like, I'm thinking of, like, what I was doing a week before I was 21. And it was, like, Jesus. Like this, amazing. This is so impressive. He's, so he's impressive. handled it all so well. And I'm just really, really excited with what we're seeing. We saw so many really impressive plays where he would just, like, reject a ball screen. One dribble. He's at the rim. He, Middleton's in his dust. And then he's got to like adjust in air and avoid, you know, a block at the rim. And it was just really, really impressive. It's it's great to see him come out and, and really be performing well as soon as he starts with no preseason, no like, you know, we're going to ramp you up games and games. Like he's out there, he's playing and he's competing and it's it's looking really, really good.
2: Dude, the creative finishes, the way he's able to put spin on the ball, um the it's cuz it's not just that he's long, he knows how to use the length. Yes. And the yes. exploitation of new and different creative angles that doesn't you know the guys throwing his arm into tht to instead of where he thinks the ball would be for most other players Mm -hmm. it's almost like like a knuckleball like you defend this guy and you just got to go arm straight up because there's heart there's no anticipating like his arms just extend out so much longer than you'd think and the angles he can create and like why is he using his right hand on that shot? I thought he was <laughs> gonna use his left. Yep. And now, like you know, he's protecting it with his back, and I have to go over his head to get my arm in there, and that's a foul. You know, these little, just such cr- subtle, creative things. Um, it, it looks like it, chaos, but it's so controlled for him. He looks like he's he's doing it, not just it's happening to him. If that makes sense. Now I gotta go over here, and you know, if that makes sense, he does look under control. Uh, A lot more now, not as much turning the ball over and over-penetrating, too.
3: Yeah, and he's had some of those plays. There were a few bad misses or, or turnovers. But for the most part, like he looks under control. He's doing really well. I think where he has struggled is when the rotation comes early. And he's met before he's at the rim. And that has caused him to... All of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got to make a real quick playmaking read. And and he has struggled a bit in those situations, either turning it over or just like, you know, keeping the dribble alive, but stopping his attack rather than committing a tra- uh, committing a charge or, or something like that. So that is, you know, it's still a, a bit on the way, but he uses his length so well. It's like the opposite of how Brandon Ingram used to be when he first came into the league where it's like, you're so long on both ends of the court. But but like you you play like the shortest arms super plays up and down. It's yeah. yeah yeah um And Tht is just the opposite of that. Where like he knows exactly how to use his size and and his his just his physical tools. So, woo, I'm excited, dude. It, it's yeah, it's so much fun to watch him play.
2: Yeah, it's good to see him get some a uh, little bit extra run too. Get you him know, get him going quick into the season so that hopefully he's got it going. When the uh, team starts to get healthier. Um, yep. I don't know. Any other aspects of his game you want to touch on that we haven't already? Um, we kind of went all in. On, it's been three games, but... Yeah. we I think we've we've pretty much covered it. I, yeah. Once I
3: go watch his defensive film some more and start logging things, I'll provide an update on how he's doing rotationally. But other than that, like we've covered we've covered just about everything he's I'm excited dude this this, this, he's a lot of fun he was a bright spot in a game that otherwise had some like some down times like Milwaukee going zone and the Lakers scoring you know it had an offensive rating of 40 against the zone um (laughs) (laughs) shit like that where you know 80s getting double team in the post and you know everyone's just gonna stand around and watch that but THT was the one guy doing things so uh, he's he's been a nice bright spot and and I'm I'm really happy he's back. He's really going to help this team perform a good bit better. I'm interested to see how much he really changes things because by now we were expecting AD to be like that lead dog. When when he first signed with the Lakers, it was like, okay, well, by that season, what, four years in, Braun will be aging. Braun's going to be, you know, getting – he's still going to be good, but he's not going to be top player in the league good. And I think you can certainly make a case that that has played out. Um we still see him be able to like turn it on. And and this is kind of like how Kobe was later in his career after the prime, where it's like, you can give the little stints of it. And like, even like hell Rondo in the playoffs a couple of years ago, it's like, you can get them to lock in and play really well for those stints, but you don't want to be in a position at the Lakers where Braun needs to do everything all the time, or he's just going to, it's going to be real tough for him from a just physical workload standpoint. So AD, we were hoping could do more, but, with what defenses are doing against him tactically, we're seeing that kind of taken out of place. And Russ has not, you know, he was brought in specifically for these types of situations to be able to help carry the team when there are injuries or when Bron does need a rest. And that hasn't, it's certainly been up and down. So THT is another dart throw at that concept of being able to help keep the team afloat when their best player isn't on the court. So first couple games off to a good start we're even more excited to see them play together but uh this is i think a really good sign for of things to come and the first real like positive surprise uh like maybe this changes my perspective on what this team can do compared to the past like week or two it's just been a lot of like wow you know this doesn't look good guys aren't playing well we're learning who can't be in the rotation rather than who can be in the rotation and the coaching staff tactically had real had really had some struggles so this has been a real bright spot and, and hopefully the Lakers can build on this beat Boston and, and get on, get on a roll, get Braun back. And all of a sudden we'll be looking back and be like, ah, of course, you know, guys were injured. People were out. They figured it out. You know, this, this always happens. So I'm,
2: I'm hoping for that. Hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Hopefully we get a couple of LeBron games to talk about next week. It would be great to finish out this road trip, like, you know, three and one. Um, but you know, it's going to be tough. The Lakers are, playing into the game shape or not game shape, but game game like regular season. It's, it's it still feels like preseason. Anyway, uh, DM us five-star rating review uh, on Apple, wherever you listen to pods to get into that discord. We've talked about Until uh, next time we'll talk to you later.
1: In Los Angeles, where is king. When excess meets all. Here's what they say When the screen hits a punk And it frees up a monk That's a split cut When the switch opens cuts Like you've stepped on toy trucks That's a split cut will ring, tingling-a-ling, tingling-a-ling And you'll sing stay Mellow Eyes will read, tippy-tippy-tay, tippy-tippy-tay Find a wide-open fella When the stars are so low And there's no help to show That's a split cut When you dance in the post With the space for the most You're in love When you score In a dream but you know You're not dreaming Signore Help on me and you'll pay Back in our old L.A. When we split cut When Dwight comes like a train And we free up all Wayne That's a split cut When the big starts to slip Cause the switch is equipped That's a split cut Threes will ring Ting-a-ling-a-ling Ting-a-ling-a-ling And you'll sing Stay Carmelo Eyes will read, tippy-tippy-tay, tippy-tippy-tay Find the wide-open fella on a layup When A.D. makes you pay When you ball, watch today, that's a split cut When you're done, help the post Out of fear, you'll be toast, you're so screwed When you score in a dream But you're not dreaming Signore Help on me and you'll pay Back in our old LA That's a split cut A split cut